Hello, 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 and welcome to the most unusual podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Budley. Hope you're all keeping well and safe as always. I might sound a little bit more nasalier this week, and that is because my sinuses are at me. Um, hay fever in particular. No, it is hay fever. I do get laughed because I find, well, I've noticed that people with hay fever, like, they tend to flex that they have hay fever. Um, and obviously I'm one of those because I'm flexing right now. But, yeah, you know, you you, ne- you always know um, that someone has hay fever because, well, also their eyes are, like, proper glowing from red from the itchiness and they're constantly sneezing. But we do like to slip it in there, you know what I mean? Um, but it does mean that days are longer and brighter. So either way, I'm excited for it. Then on this week's episode, we're going to be discussing the Radium Girls. You may or may not have heard of them. It was a pretty big story um, and it happened in the 1920s. They were female factory workers who contracted radiation poisoning from painting watch dolls with self-luminous paint. The reason it's called Radium Girls is because the majority of the employees were women. And this is because, well, it was taught that their feminine and small hands were best suited for the job. It's a heartbreaking story, um, but it made a massive impact on our world today. And I am eager to share it with you guys. So let's dive deep, shall we? I want to start off with like by breaking the story down. So first of all, we're going to look at like what radium is and where it came from. So it actually came about in 1898. Um, Marie and Pierre Curie, two of the most prominent pioneers in researching radioactivity, discovered the element radium. And it was particularly intriguing because it could glow in the dark. I don't know if you remember like the periodic table and stuff like I think is it if it's on one side it's more unstable and the other side it's more stable but this was extremely unstable um, element and it had to be handled very carefully because it was also extremely dangerous. With the discovery of radium it drove a craze. People were excited about it and then it got even worse when people realised that it could treat cancer. So many people mistakenly thought it could be used to treat other diseases <laughs> other diseases as well um, and before long radium was like widely considered like a miracle substance so it was like sold in pharmacies for all kinds of like different diseases and sicknesses it was actually believed that it could prevent aging and companies started to sell it in like toothpaste makeup and even water so it's wild to believe that something that we know that is so dangerous and that we wouldn't go near people were drinking it and brushing their teeth with it like you know it kind of makes you think like in 50 years time uh, or even 100 years what we use now will be banned or like people in the future will be like they're crazy for using that but I'm quite intrigued uh, like it could be something as simple as sugar you know um, or salt no salt's been around for years and years but you know what I mean um, you just never know so I don't know what the future will look like in 100 years the whole world could be up in flames you just don't know so that leads me on to Maria Curry's death and she died in 1934 so it was like 36 years after the discovery of the element radium 
uh, from radiation exposure. So it was probably to be expected. I imagine she was suited and booted, especially if her and her husband like were pioneers about it. Like they probably knew that it was quite dangerous. But then again, you just don't know. Um, in my head, it's to be expected, but that's because I know of the crazy side effects of it. So we know what it is and we know where it came from. But I also want to look at the corporation that brought it about and had people working with it. So it started in like 1917 um, and it was the US Radium Corporation, which was originally called the Radium Luminous Material Corporation. And thank God they changed their name because that is like a mouthful. I can't even begin to explain how many times I had to say that um, and get that right the first time. Sorry, <laughs> not the first time, the hundredth time. But they were engaged in the extraction and purification of radium um, to produce luminous paints. So, like, why were they even doing this, you ask? Well, the US Radium was a defense contractor and a major supplier of radio luminescent material, military dials and watches. So, they were making it for the military. Of course they were, you know. So, they could see in the dark. It was especially popular in World War One and World War Two, which makes a lot of sense. So the US Radium Corporation had actually hired approximately like 70 women to perform like various tasks, including like handling the radium, while the owners and the scientists familiar with the effects of it carefully avoided any exposure to it themselves. Even the chemists at the plant used like lead screens, aprons, tongs and masks, and like the women were just bare. Um, and I, like that's just... The more you read into the story, the worse it gets, you know. So, like, the US radium had actually distributed literature to the medical community describing, like, the injurious effects of it. Um, but in spite of this knowledge, a number of similar deaths had occurred by 1925. So, in the first couple of years that people were working with it closely and not prepared to work with it. And this actually included the company's chief chemist, which is like really worrying. Um, his name was Dr. Edwin E. Lemon. And among him, uh, among his death were several female workers as well. So they still just played on and went ahead with it. They didn't seem to, it didn't seem to stop them. It didn't stop them there anyways. So we know what radium is, where it came from and who was supplying it. So now we want to look at the stars of the show. Well, that's not how you should say it at all. Now we want to look at the radium girls, um, the ones that were absolutely devastatingly affected by it. I can't believe I just said stars of the show. Absolutely not. But I guess they were in the end. So they were young women and they were in like their early 20s. And they just wanted a little bit of work, you know. And they went for this job because... It paid more than other jobs. Back in that time, it was about a penny and a half a day for about 250 dials. So in today's world, that's like a little less than three cent a day, which is fucking mad. Um, when you think about it, like inflation is crazy, lads. Absolutely crazy. But they were told that it was like completely safe for them and that it was like a wonder element. They were told that the radium would bring a rosy glow to their, to their face um, and cheeks. And even if the radium didn't provide that, it wouldn't harm them because the quantity of radium in the paint was almost negligible. And often by the end of the day, the women themselves would be glowing from the radioactive paint on their clothes and skin. So it's just kind of mad to think because like, why wouldn't they trust a business? Like, why wouldn't they not trust? Like, 
they weren't going for a debt wish. Um, maybe the company were, but the women they just wanted to make a little bit of cash and get on with their lives, you know. So like there was no reason not to believe it, and especially if everything around you was telling you that radium was good, like they had. Of course, like, you've no idea. It kind of gets you thinking, you know. You don't know what to believe in the world anymore. So, why was it so harmless to the women then? Well, it's not like they were just painting it and it was just getting on their clothes and skin. What was happening was they were ingesting, actually, deadly amounts of the radium after they were formed to point their brushes on their lips in order to give them a fine tip. So they didn't use water, they used their lips to make a fine tip. So it was just ingesting it constantly. And if they're doing $250 a day, and I think what happened was that the companies wanted them to do so many a day that they just thought it would be faster to put them the paintbrush on the lips to make a fine tip. And like the women would also be painting their fingernails, their their teeth and everything like with this glowing substance. Like, of course you would. Like, why wouldn't you? If you were working with glowing paint for the first time, I'd be absolutely insane. I'd cover my whole body in it. So eventually then, of course, the workers started getting sick. And it actually is unknown how many died from exposure to radiation. So it starts to get really serious from this point in. So what is radiation sickness? Like, what did they get? Well, among the first to see the numerous problems among the dial painters were dentists obviously because it's going into their mouths so like they had like dental pain loose teeth uh, and ulcers and like the failure of tooth extractions to heal were some of these conditions so their teeth like the holes in their teeth wouldn't heal i swear to god i don't mean to talk about teeth all the time if you've listened to the other episodes i'm pretty sure i'm, I'm talking about teeth in two other episodes i don't know what it is i don't know why we keep coming back to this um i swear it's not a team I don't even like teeth that much. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> but many of the women then uh, also began to suffer from anemia and like bone fractures and necrosis of the jaw, um, which is a condition now known as radium jaw itself. So this is like constant bleeding in the gums and then eventually like severe distors- distortion due to like bone tumours and which is crazy like so like it was just absolutely like destroying them and nearly from the inside out and from the outside in the women also suffered from suppression of menstruation and sterility 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 i don't know how to say that so the women also suffered from suppression of menstruation and sterility like they couldn't get pregnant either so they were having a lot of issues so it was also taught that the x-ray machines that were used by the medical investigators may have contributed to some of the sickened workers uh ill health by subjecting them to additional radiation like you know when you get a like a, an x-ray and they put like something over a part of your body and um, like even like when you're I got, I got one recently there in a dentist um and they had one over my chest and stuff again we're talking about teeth aren't we so it was bad it was really bad like these women are suffering terribly so obviously the women are like something is really up here like this is just not right um like they're all working with each other they're probably all friends like they're like what the hell well the u.s radium um and the other watchdog companies like rejected all claims um that the afflicted workers were suffering from exposure to radium like they just completely denied it um and for some time even doctors and dentists and researchers complied with the request from the companies to not release any data about it 
So, like, it was just, as I said, completely fucked. Like, these women were out on their own and they're against a massive corporation. Then in 1923, a 24-year-old called Amelia became the first dial painter to die. So this was six years after the first US radio watch dial factory has opened. So before her death, like, she suffered immensely. Um, She had hemorrhaging from her mouth, fallen teeth with weak joints. Um, She was severely restricted. She could hardly move. Her jaw had actually fallen away from her skull. And then a year later, 50 women who had worked at the plant were sick. So... This is seven years after the first plant opens up um, and a dozen had actually died, which is just completely fucked. Like, you know, you know, alarm bells are going off like now. Um, So it actually gets a lot worse, would you believe? The company then gets the medical professionals to say that the workers died from other causes. And this is a well-known true fact. Syphilis. So you probably all know what syphilis is. A notorious STI at the time was often cited in attempts to smear the reputations of the women. So they basically said that these women didn't die from radium. They died from syphilis. And like it would have sounded terrible and people would have been so ashamed and wouldn't have wanted to talk about it. Um, But there's a book called Deadly Glow that was written and it goes into details about this um, if you did want to know more. It's pretty fascinating. So the women are suffering dearly. Many of them are dying and they're just, they just want compensation for what's going on, you know. They want the truth. Um, but any initial attempts to receive compensation from US radium were futile. Like medical and legal costs were just enormous. And like these women were on like less than, were on penny and a half a day, you know. They weren't going to be able to afford this. And also the US radium team was like well defended by a team of like lawyers um, and held a prominent position as a government contractor. So like it was well protected. It'd be like, you know, when you see those movies and it's like one guy suing the government. Like that's literally what it was like. um, So it was extremely difficult, but the women did not give up. Uh, They stuck it out. So there were three plants in total across America and in each plant the women were fighting for compensation and like for rights. Like they were like, this is just not good enough. Um, so you have the Illinois plant, which is first. In Illinois, the employees began asking for compensation for like their medical and dental bills um, as early as 1927, but were consistently refused by management. And it continued all the way into the mid-1930s um, before it was actually brought before the Illinois Industrial Commission. Um, and the judge continued to always side with the women, which is fantastic. But the radium dial constantly appealed over and over. Um, they even tried to take the case all the way to the Supreme Court. And in October 23, 1939, so oh, 10 years after people were looking for their first medical and dental bills, the court decided not to hear the appeal and the lower ruling was upheld. So in the end, the case had been won eight times before Radium Dial was actually finally forced to pay. So yeah, these this company was really sticking it out. Then the second plant, Connecticut plant, did the same as well. So then we have the third plant, which is a New Jersey plant. And this was actually the most famous one, um, particularly because of five women, which I'll get into now. But just to mention that, like, the three plants weren't affiliated with each other. Like, they all did their own thing. And the women were all bringing them to court, um, each plant separately. So they aren't all been brought to court together. This plant had employed up to 300 workers. And the reason why it was so famous was because at first, the five women that were sick 
were trying to get a lawyer and they couldn't. And when they could, no one would actually take their case seriously. Um, everyone just thought that it, it didn't ha- hold any water. Like, they, like, how could they go against this massive corporation? Again, it was the same issue as Illinois and Connecticut. But then something happened. The inventor of radium dial paint, the guy who actually came up with radium dial paint, Dr. Sabin Avon So cocky whatever however you say that name I have no idea (laughs) he died in November 1928 so that was five years after the first death of a factory worker and he actually became the 16th known victim of poisoning by radium dial paint and which is to be expected as well he he's the one that invented it but he had gotten sick from radium in his hands and not his jaw because he was using his hands (laughs) I don't know why I have to say that but (laughs) And why his death was so important was because he had long claimed that the women were safe. But once he got sick, he came forward to admit that he was wrong. Now, it took him... (laughs) He didn't just instantly come forward. It took him a little while to finally admit that he was... um, He was completely wrong, but he eventually did. And he then pledged to help the women in court with their case, which he did. And this gave just enough evidence that the courts, papers and companies finally began to take the case seriously. So like the media got involved, everyone was getting involved and it like grew national attention, which is what was needed in the first place. It's just such a pity that like the guy that invented it had to die like and not the 15 people before him. You know what I mean? Um, it's sad. So at the first appearance in court uh, on January 1928, this is, again, still five years after the first death. Uh, two women were bedridden. None of them could raise their hand to take a note. Uh, some of them couldn't even tend because they were so sick. And a lot of them were missing their teeth. And knowing this, like the company tried to use this as a badges to stall, to see if they could hold the trial off. And I'm pretty sure they had won that um, because they were trying to wait for the women to die. But newspapers flew into a rage around the world saying that this was just injustice and eventually the courts reversed their decision which is fantastic but again it's ridiculous that I had to come to the outside like media to get involved and they moved to court date from September to early June so this is great this is great news but by that time however like at least 50 women were dead and the five women that were actually suing the company had become even sicker so like they were literally barely carrying on um, and with the little time they had they would eventually just have to settle for ten thousand dollars each and a six hundred dollar annual payment although none of them would actually survive more than two years after the settlement um so which is pretty sad that it actually had to come to that like they just wanted their ju- they just wanted some justice and then in another case, one woman, her name was Catherine Wolf Donahue, um, she also didn't let things go and she sued the radium dial company in, in Illinois uh, from her deathbed in 1938 um, where safety laws were finally enacted. So it's fantastic the strength that these women pulled together um, to fight even on their deathbed. Like it's horrendous that they even had to go through that but it's amazing what they achieved when they did and it's just such a pity that they just didn't get to live to see it all happen you know one of the last radium girls actually died in in 2014 she lived to be 107 and her name was may keen she was in a factory in 1924 in connecticut uh, and on her first day she 
said she didn't like the taste of radium and that it was gritty and she didn't want to put the brush in her mouth and, and after a few days the factory boss actually came up to her and goes would you like to quit and because she clearly didn't like the work and she gratefully agreed um which is amazing to be honest like that's how she lived to 107 now she did have a lot of issues like bad teeth migraines and like two bouts of cancer but she also says that could have been less down to anything you never know what that could have been um but imagine her just not liking something and it just she got to leave like a few days after um, it's such a pity about all the other women. The historical impact that they had on the world today, well, like the Radium Girls hold an important place in the history um, of both the field of like health physics and the labour rights movement. Like the right of individual workers to sue for damages from corporation due to labour abuse was established as a result of the Radium Girls case. Uh, people could no longer get like corporations could no longer get away with such a thing, which is like incredible. It's still again a lot of women had to die for it, which is shocking. Also, in the wake of the case, like industrial safety standards were enhanced for many decades, and it's like you kind of think if that hadn't happened, would would it? I guess it would have eventually had to have happened, you know. And they would have realized. Like I, I can't imagine if those women didn't push through other women would have stepped up, so it was eventually going to have to come about. The lawsuit and resulting publicity was a factor in the establishment of occupational diseases law. So from that moment on, radium dial painters were instructed in proper safety precautions and provided with protective gear. And in particular, they no longer shaped paintbrushes by lip and avoided ingesting or breathing the paint. Actually, radium paint was still used in dials as late as the 1970s, which is kind of crazy. But I guess if you're wearing the protective gear and doing it cautiously, it should be no harm. Well, hopefully not. Like, if you're doing all the right things, it should be no problem. To sum it all up, the radium girls were legends and they made a massive historical impact on the world. They literally change laws. Um, it's just, again, it's such a pity that so many of them had to pass away. And if you do want to know more about these ladies, there is a movie called Radium Girls that was brought out in 2020. So I definitely recommend to give it a watch because it's a fantastic movie. And it gives you just a better idea of what these women go through. So yeah. And last but not least, our fact of the day. And I wanted to keep it a little bit lighthearted um, because what we talked about was quite intense um, and heartbreaking um amazing what they achieved but like again so heartbreaking so the fact is is when written down the word almost is the longest word in the english language to have all of its letters in alphabetical order i know fucking mad huh i hope you can all go home and sleep on that um, <laughs> It is really lighthearted. It's almost too light. I may have to rethink some of my facts. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you learned something new. I did. Um, I learned two new things. I know what radium is and I know <laughs> the meaning behind the word almost. But yeah, if anything, we just learned to persevere and not trust everything around us. I feel like this podcast has open my eyes up to the world a little bit more um i'm just talking shite now anyways 
I will love yous and leave yous and hopefully be able to chat with yous again soon and I look forward 